Welcome to the Nourishing Amy podcast. I'm Amy Rankin. I am an emotional intelligence and life coach, a speaker, a creator, and a wellness chaser. I have created this podcast for you to learn habits, mindset changes, and get really actionable takeaways to find out who you are, what lights you up, how you can love yourself again, and how to live your best life. Give yourself the space to welcome in more self-care and confidence, reduce feelings like overwhelm and stress, and let's find your sparkle again. Are you ready? Let's do it. Welcome to episode 50 of the Nourishing Amy podcast. I am so excited to bring you this interview because this is a chat with my personal coach, Declan Edwards. He is the founder of BU Coaching. He has been my coach for, oh, like I'm going to say nearly three years now. Actually, I think it would be three years. So he knows me very well. Um, He is an a dear friend. He owns the company that I now work for and has given me this amazing opportunity. But I am shocked that I have not had him on here yet. He has his own podcast, Be You with Declan Edwards, where he shares his own amazing mindset changes and shifts. So definitely go and have a listen to him if you haven't listened to his podcast episode before. But the reason why I'm really excited to have him here with us for this episode today is because he explains this concept that I heard him talking about at our last tour so well that I made so many notes and wanted to talk about it. And I thought, you know what? I just cannot explain it as well as what Declan does. So why not get him on to talk with you guys? Now, the topic that we are going to be talking about today is the idea that can money buy happiness? Does money make us feel happy? Do we feel good when we buy things like clothes and shoes and food and all of the things? And I think it's really interesting. I hope that you get a lot from this episode and this interview. So without further ado, let's jump right in. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Nourishing Amy podcast. And I have a special guest here today. I'm so excited. Welcome, Declan Edwards. It's funny. We were only just talking, so we just recorded an episode for your podcast as well. Yes, and which was fantastic, by the way. Yes, it was. There was laughter. There was tears. There, there was, was talk of dolphins murdering sharks. There's all the great things you watch. That's it. Trolls. And talk of trolls. Clapping the chairs of people. A lot of talk of trolls. <laughs> um, but it's funny. Like we both were saying. I feel like I've been wanting to do this for so long, but it's just like, yes, the stars have aligned today. We've got some spare time after we've been working together for our team day. So I wanted to get you on because we just finished our Purpose Driven Life Tour. Actually, no, let me introduce you probably first so people know who you are, because I feel like I actually talk about you quite a bit on my podcast. Um, So now people actually get to like meet you and know who this Declan person is that I talk about. mysterious man. So... Declan is the owner and the founder of BU Coaching. So everyone will know BU is who I work for and who I do my coaching through. And I do mention you because, but I feel like it's just a random like, oh yeah, Declan taught me this. Or like when Declan and I were talking about this. Um, So can you explain for everybody listening, 
how BU started for you mm. and then also how we met as well? Mm. Good questions. Um, I've been asked a lot how BU sort of started for me and from my perspective and it started very much from a place of frustration. Yeah. It's like for me, I had a coach by then for about three or four years and had done a lot of work on my own well-being, my own self-care, my own personal development, mm. a lot around self-esteem struggles that I'd had and a lot around body image struggles that I'd had. Yeah. And had benefited from it so much and grown so much that I became quite frustrated that a lot of the approach to mental health and well-being was so backwards. Mm. Like I was just seeing, I said I was seeing these two competing sides of, of the industry. Like mm. there was traditional psychology, which was very evidence-based, very practical, but boring as fuck a lot of the time yeah. and very reactive. It's like, let's focus on what's wrong with people and how to fix them, yeah. not what's right with people and how to cultivate that. Yeah. And then you look at this life coaching boom that was happening. So this was, geez, I wouldn't be you. We're about to have our third birthday in mm -hmm. April. So three, four years ago, I was really starting to build this. And, you know, the life coaching had just started in Australia. Like, I don't think many people had ever really heard of it. It wasn't really on Instagram. Yeah. It was just starting to kick off. And I looked at that and I was like, man, this is so proactive, so strengths-focused, so, you know, uh, high energy, but it's not very open space. And there's a lot of people in there who, are, like, their heart's in the right place, they mm. just have no fucking clue what they're doing. Yeah. And that's dangerous. And I kind of went, these two approaches to helping people have exactly the opposite strengths and weaknesses. Like, mm. why is someone not blending the two? Yeah. And so I decided that it would be us. That's what we would do. So yeah. I went and studied positive psychology and NLP and all five different fields of research we use at BU. Yeah. Some that were pulled from the more coaching side, some that were pulled more from traditional psychology side and blended them together. And it's been a hell of a ride since then. Yeah. It still is a hell of a ride. And, um, yeah, I'm very grateful that throughout that ride, not only have we attracted people who benefit from it themselves and mm. who grow and learn and Obviously, I talk a lot about the ripple effect, right? Like for me, this is about more than it's about more than me. It's about more than you. It's about more than even the people listening to this podcast. Yeah. It's what ripple do you then create by implementing this stuff? Mm. And the people who listen to your show, not only is their life getting better, I promise you, if you're listening to this and you're implementing ten percent of the stuff that yeah. you learn, yeah, you're making a positive impact to the lives of those around you too. Yeah. And I think that's mm -hmm. what matters most to me. So the fact that we've attracted people who are on board with that, mm. not only in forms of our members, but in forms of our team, mm -hmm. which you were one of the first team members we brought on. Yeah. Huge, um, yeah, something I'm very, very grateful for. And obviously you've had that whole journey and perspective from the perspective of starting with yourself and yeah. doing the original coaching program and being a member Yeah. to then coming on board. And I don't, I don't know if I ever properly thanked you for this. Maybe I did, but there was a moment after we asked you to come on board and you told me that, that afternoon you'd cried yeah. with joy. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, holy shit, this is actually something. And I think there's been a few moments like that since then where I've realised how grateful I am to have been part of making a, a platform yeah. and a community for people like yourself, not only to thrive themselves but to spread that ripple effect. Yeah. So, I mean, even the fact that I'm being interviewed on your show right now. <laughs> Like, honestly, it's a huge moment of gratitude for me because yeah. two years ago this would have seemed crazy to us. Yeah. Right? And the fact that I'm now here being interviewed on your show where you talk to people every week and make a difference, Yeah. that's fucking cool. Yeah. So yeah, I'm super thankful for that. Yeah, totally. Well, thank you.
<laughs> Thank you for being here. Thank you for helping me and teaching me stuff and helping me to implement and keeping me accountable. I think that accountability has made such a difference in my life. Um, now, the reason that I have you here is because I heard you talking about something at our Purpose Driven Life Tour that we just did, which I loved, by the way, and I really feel like we need to do more of that. So Deck um, kind of created the idea for that tour and um, I came along to one of our stops and it was so beautiful. But you talked about this idea of happiness and I was making all of these notes because I was like, holy shit, this is so good. And I've never thought about it like this before. And I felt like I was learning so much. Um, and so I was making all these notes and I wanted to talk about it on the podcast. And then I kind of went to record this episode a few weeks ago and I thought, hang on, Deck can explain this so much better than what I can. And so I thought, why not get you on to, to help to teach people something? Because I think I really like how you said you know, when we say money can't buy happiness, mm -hmm. that that's quite a privileged thing to say. 100%. And I do really agree with that too, because we have to be in a certain position to be able to even say that. Mm -hmm. And I think that there is that line that money can buy happiness because it provides us food and shelter and, you know, all of our basic human needs. Mm -hmm. But that you were talking about the idea of happiness from a different perspective that I've never really thought about before. And once I heard you talk about it like this the other week, I've thought about things so differently because I have kind of gone and like bought a few things here and there and I've been really excited and really happy and I think, fuck you, Declan. Like, <laughs> I am happy. <laughs> but then Money I... Money doesn't buy happiness, but Kmart sells it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but... Then I have also come to realize that, you know, something will then happen that afternoon that like throws my day off or, you know, something happens and I go back to just, you know, feeling like I did before or I might feel frustrated, I might feel anxious, I might feel cranky, whatever it is. And there's just been so many aha moments recently and I think to really explain that really well, I would like you to explain it. <laughs> yeah, 100%. So I think probably the first thing for those of you who are listening to this to really understand straight away is that there is not one form of happiness. Yeah. And that's where a lot of us get trapped. Like if I said to you, for those listening, to describe happiness to me right now, I mean, A, it's a big question. It's a tough question. <laughs> yeah. So not what makes you happy because I know that can be a challenging question, right? Especially if you're at the start of your wellbeing journey, knowing that is that's a whole different ballgame. But what is happiness? And most people will say, like, it's the yellow smiley face, right? Like, mm. it's the emoji, you know, it's this quite elated, uplifting feeling. It's quite high energy. It's high vibrations, you know, all that sort of stuff, mm. um, which it is in one form. But there is this whole other form of happiness, which is so important that's not spoken about really enough at all. Mm. So I suppose the first thing to talk about is those two different types. So yeah. one type we call hedonic happiness, yeah. uh, which comes from... Uh, ancient Greek school of thought, I believe it was ancient Greece, um, this basic idea of hedonism. like, And their whole concept was we are animals mm. and like any animal, we should do whatever feels good. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we want chocolate and sugar, have the fucking chocolate and sugar. <laughs> we want sex, we have sex. We yeah. want, you know, whatever feels good for us that day, yeah. go for it. Yeah. And so it is this very pleasure-based lifestyle. And that's what actually gives us that big spike of happiness. Yeah. You know, we do something like have sex, watch a funny movie, yeah. eat chocolate, yeah. whatever it is. It gives us that quick spike, buy something. 
Yeah. So, you know, the emotional shopping and this yeah. late night purchase, like, feel so good after buying that yeah like I'm so excited for this parcel to arrive and yeah. like you know that excitement and then when it gets there and you try on your clothes you're like yes I and love this thing yeah. I'm excited I'm happy I feel good mm. but it is that temporary spike. yes it drops and that's the thing with hedonic happiness yeah is it goes up very quickly yeah shoots up and then it drops very quickly too mm-hmm. the interesting thing that we know from the science the main driver behind it I'm going to nerd out for a second if you look <laughs> at neurotransmitters and things in the brain the main force behind that is dopamine, mm. which some people have heard of. Um, it's, you know, a very addictive sort of substance in, in the brain, and our brain naturally releases it when we feel good. It's mm. a real quick rush of endorphin. What we know, though, is after that dopamine crash happens, we don't just drop to the same level of happiness we were at before we bought the new dress or tried on the new dress. We drop slightly below it. Mm. And the marketers of this know that. Yeah. So they know when to time you for another ad <laughs> to be like, oh, not liking that other dress as much. It's just another dress in your cupboard now. Yeah. Well, do we have the new dress for you? Yeah. And this one will bring more happiness. I don't care if you have 50 pairs of leggings at yeah, home already. Yeah. You need this you new You need pair. these ones because <laughs> yeah. these ones have a different pattern, right? <laughs> and so we do get stuff and they call it the hedonic treadmill. Yeah. I'll be happy when. Mm-hmm. Also known as I'll get my next dopamine rush when. Yeah. Right? And so it is that up, down, up, down, up, down. Now, I always say there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Provided you're balancing it out with the other side of happiness. What about does things like social media and alcohol and stuff come into that too? Yeah. Drugs, a lot of drug addiction is driven mm. by dopamine. Yeah. Um, and social media validation. So yeah. we get a like on our post, mm. we get a little boost. Yeah. We get X amount of followers. Um, the thing to be aware of, I think for a while you with social media, because it happens with all dopamine. We adapt to it really fast. Yeah. Really fast. Mm. So when you first got on Instagram, getting 10 likes on a post felt fucking great. Yeah. How quick was it before that was no longer enough? Yeah. And then you need 50 and then you need 100. Mm. It's that real addictive sort of behavior. Yeah. And again, that's why I say like there's nothing wrong with those dopamine activities like emotion, like buying something for yourself, treating yourself, you Mm -hmm. know, social media, whatever it is. Provided you're not reliant on that for your sole form of happiness. Yeah. If that's where you're getting all your happiness and all your happiness is that dopamine style of happiness, mm. man, you're just going to be riding this massive up, down, up, down roller coaster. Mm. And I know a lot of people could relate to that. They're probably feeling that real. Some days they're really, really high. Some yeah. days they're really, really low. Yeah. And there's no real middle ground. Yeah. And so if we change the perspective, we look at this other form of happiness called eudaimonic happiness, which mm. is a very complex, hard to spell word. <laughs> It basically just means more of a state of contentment. Yeah. So it's from another Greek school for eudaimonia, which um, comes a lot from Stoicism. Their whole approach was life is about leading a good and virtuous life. Mm. So whereas the other school of thought was like, we're animals, do whatever the fuck you want, have fun. These guys were very much about how do we live meaningful and purposeful and virtuous lives? Yeah. Now, again, I think there's a middle ground between the two. Yeah. Like, you know, the ones who are all about virtue, we were like, yes, we will abstain from all nice food and all sex and we will not have any money and we will, you know what I mean? I'm like, yeah. okay, there's probably a middle side here that we can work on. Yeah. Um, but the thing with eudaimonic happiness, it's more based on serotonin mm. and oxytocin. Mm-hmm. So serotonin is more of that sort of contentment, a bit steadier release in the brain and oxytocin is also known as the love drug. Yeah. It's the chemical that's released when you're deeply connected with someone. Yeah. Um, when you're having that really nice heart-to-heart moment and you yeah. feel supported. We know that these are very good for well-being, very important. Yeah. And so what happens here is when you do one of the activities that promote that, um, and so some examples could be uh, 
hanging out with friends, mm. being calling home with a loved one, getting into nature, doing things that matter to you and your goals, mm. self-care activities, personal development activities, they all fall into this king. Mm-hmm. When you do that, it does cause your happiness to go up, but it doesn't shoot up like a rocket. Yeah. It's more steady. Yeah. And then it balances out. Now, I'm not saying it then stays there forever, mm. if only. <laughs> one great conversation in our relationship yeah. set for life. <laughs> we know there's still going to be some downs. Yeah. But they don't plummet. Yeah. So it's less volatile. So it goes up, steadies in the middle, mm-hmm. drops a little bit at a time, but it gives us this buffering zone. Mm. So what we can then do is let's say we use those more meaningful, contentment, purpose-driven activities mm-hmm. that boost that eudaimonic happiness. Mm. And that gets us to a steady six or seven out of ten happiness mm-hmm. on a day-to-day basis. We can then use the hedonic stuff, like, yeah, still treat yourself and buy the leggings. Yeah. That's going to shoot you up to a 9 or a 10. Yeah. And when you plummet back down, you're yeah. only going to drop back to the 7. Yeah, we're not going to, like, a 1 or a 2. Exactly. Yeah. So I always say, like, with our well-being, we want to focus majority, like, it's the 80-20 rule. Yeah. 80% of our time, we should be focusing on those meaningful, purposeful, fulfilling activities that are more contentment-based. Mm-hmm. 20% of the time, yeah, buy your damn leggings. Yeah. Like, you know, have fun. Still yeah. putting that hedonic side in. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so that's really where we sort of look at um, people making that mistake of buying this now will bring me happiness. Mm. Yeah, it might in one form, but that's going to go very quickly. It kind of reminds me of that quote, and I've spoken about this quote before in a podcast episode on here ages ago, but it's like you can like go to the gym and look great and like do all this stuff and, you know, look in the mirror and feel like you've got that body that you want. Mm -hmm. But at the Mm -hmm. end of the day, if you're not also doing the work on your mindset, you're still going to feel like shit. Yeah. 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 A lot of the internal work falls more in that eudaimonic camp. Yeah. And the reason it's so much harder is a couple of different reasons. It's not actually harder itself. It's harder to get started with it. Yeah. A, because no one's talking about it as much as they should be. Yeah. As a rule of thumb with general society, you talk more about the hedonic stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, oh, you're feeling down? Go buy yourself something nice. Yeah. Like, that's the fucking worst thing to do. Yeah. Because like, you get addicted to dopamine. Go have a drink with your friends on the weekend and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Like, it's like these Take things. Take a load off, have yeah. some alcohol. Like, like, they're not bad things to do. Exactly. It's not like don't ever go and have a drink with your friends or like don't go and catch up with your friends if you're feeling like shit. Still do those things, but also be working on the other stuff as well. Yeah. Like you said, so that we're still at like a number six or whatever yeah. so that when we do go down we're safety there yeah right and so yeah i think we're not talking about as much as we should be as a society and then two as we spoke about at the very start a lot of the approaches in the industry are pretty average yeah so it's just about finding a, a, a tribe or a person or a coach or a mentor or someone something where you can connect with them and be like i want to learn the tools to promote that side of my happiness as well. Yeah. Because everyone knows how to do the hedonic side. Yeah. Everyone knows how to get a quick boost of happiness. Yeah. Right? For me, it's a caramel milkshake (laughs) or a bowl of ice cream. Yeah. I know how to get quick happiness. Yeah. I want the lasting happiness. Yeah. How do I get that? Yeah. And that's always been more fascinating to me. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I love that so much. And I think that it's like, you know, there's so many things in coaching that we talk about and it's just creating that level of understanding of like, oh, like, Maybe for people that are listening, I can see that I'm doing one of these things well, but maybe I'm not focusing on the other. Um, and, yeah, bringing that focus into both of those instead. And they can really start just by asking the question. So if you are listening and this is really resonating with you, normally we ask the question ourselves, what makes me happy? Mm. I'd encourage you to start asking, what makes me feel content? Mm, yeah. It's a very different question. Yeah. You're going to get very different answers from it too. Yeah. 
And that contentment style of happiness is more going to lead you towards that meaningful, purposeful, steady happiness that will last. Yeah. It reminds me a bit of we we teach positive psychology concepts yeah. in our coaching sessions and it reminds me of that PERMA model. Yes. Um, and that meaning and purpose yes. aspect. And well, PERMA is built around both sides of the coin. Yeah, so yeah. So positive affect, which is the P in PERMA, is our hedonic side. Yeah. Engagement and flow is more that meaning side. Relationships is more meaning. Meaning and purpose is meaning. Yeah. Accomplishment and achievement is back to the dollar. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So they've done really clever with. So for those listening, positive psychology, one of the fields we use at BU, um, focus on what's right with people and how to cultivate it, how yeah. to build long-term happiness and well-being. Mm. And they've actually identified the world's first ever scientifically backed, evidence-based recipe for happiness, Yeah, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's literally those two types of happiness just smooshed together into yeah. one recipe, which yeah. is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. Um, interesting. Well... That's the main things I wanted to talk to you about today. Mm. But um, what would you like to leave the listeners with? Mm. Is there anything on your mind that you want to share? I think what's been playing in my mind a lot lately is the need for a groundswell towards a better approach to mental health and emotional well-being. Yeah. So I'm the first to put my hand up and say we can't do this alone. Mm. We, we just can't, mm-hmm. right? So, again, for you listening to this, just listening to – and don't get me wrong, I know your podcast is very valuable and very important. Hmm. Just listening to your podcast every week is not going to make change. Yeah, You've totally. got to take what you're learning from Amy and from this episode or any episode that you listen to, apply it in your life, yeah, and then share it with someone. Yeah. Like, that's what creates that ripple effect. Mm. And whether it is you just share it with a friend, friend or you tell them to listen to Amy's podcast, you connect them with – be you, or even if it's not us, anyone that you resonate with that's doing this well, yeah, we do need to make that ground level approach to making, you know, mental and emotional well-being more accessible, yeah, and more engaging mm. because that's how we're going to change the world. And not such a scary topic, too. Yeah. I mean, I think the people that are listening to this maybe don't feel like it's so scary, but they will know, like you guys listening, think about someone that it would feel maybe difficult to have a conversation about this type of stuff Mm -hmm. with them because they might feel a bit closed off. They might feel awkward. Like it's just not an easy conversation to have. There's still people that do find this stuff hard and it's because we haven't been taught a lot of this stuff at schools. And I talk about this all the time in the podcast episodes, you know, that, Yes, maybe it might feel a little uncomfortable or it might mean that we have difficult conversations from time to time, but knowing that positive impact Mm -hmm. and knowing that you can be feeling better within yourself and then also the impact that that's going to have on every single other person that you spend your time with, Mm -hmm. whether that's family members, friends, people at work, you know, there's so many different people that we spend our time with that encounter us day to day why live a life that we're walking around cranky and pissed off and stressed and overwhelmed and then passing that on to other people as well? 100%. Yeah, it's why we say, you know, I talk a lot with people at BU, the whole purpose of BU is to provide the tools, which you're doing right now through the podcast, Mm. and the tribe Mm. to thrive. Yeah. Right? Like to not just survive and get by in life, but to actually thrive and flourish. Mm. And so to be able to come at it from, okay, I know what to do and I've got the right tribe supporting me and challenging me and backing me. Yeah. That's how we change the world. Mm. Yeah, love that. Well, thank you so much, Deck, for being here. And thank you for explaining that much better than I ever would have been able to. For anyone that's listening that wants to take further action on this, 
I really just want you to be thinking about which side of happiness have you been leaning more towards? So get real with yourself. It might be a little bit uncomfortable, but just think about what have I been focusing on lately? Has it been the hedonic happiness or is it more the eudaimonic? Yes, eudaimonic happiness. And if you can notice that there's been more of a lean to one side, what could you do to be focusing on the other side as well and start to create that balance? Everything in life is about having balance. And so what can you do to be improving that today? Cool. Well, thank you so much for listening, everybody, and I will see you next episode. If you liked this episode, I would love for you to screenshot and tag me on Instagram. You guys have no idea how much that absolutely makes my day. I get such a big smile on my face. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today, and I hope that you have gotten something from this episode. If you want to hang out more, you can search the Nourishing Amy podcast community in Facebook and come and join our group. We're talking all things life, love, overwhelm, and everything in between. You can share your funny memes, your stories, and all of the life stuff. If you would like to get in contact with me, please don't hesitate to reach out and shoot me a message on Instagram. You can find me at amy underscore Rankin. Last but not least, it really helps to support my podcast when you subscribe and leave a review on whatever app it is that you listen to this podcast on. I am just a little independent podcaster and every subscribe and review helps my podcast to be seen and heard by more people and to help more people get their sparkle back. Thank you again so much for being with me and have a fantastic day.